Howdy, everybody. Yeah. Happy holidays. Happy Cowboy Day. Yeah. Happy Nick Day. <laughs> I Three. feel, I feel like that one lawyer who had like the cat like filter on that Zoom call when he was like talking with his client right now. Like, yeah. I, yeah. Did, did, did. <laughs> I kind of, I'm kind of mad now that I didn't do that. Shit. <laughs> I mean, I got my fancy on air, so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that, that's very professional. Honestly, that's very professional. Nick Thank just you. won up on me and Jacob. Like, damn, bro. <laughs> I, I had no idea what to do this when I turned the camera on. Like, I really <laughs> so had no you, idea. You look like a teacher in the Zoom. <laughs> By the way, this is an accurate depiction of me to the left. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all right, guys, this is Jacob's Film Perspectives. We've come to the end of the year. Uh, this I've decided this will be my final podcast of 2023. I mean, I'll probably come soon in 2024 with a recap of this year, but this is the final podcast. We're talking Thanksgiving, and then we're talking Napoleon, which we all have a lot to say on Napoleon, and then... Mm -hmm. We're talking Hunger Games, song about the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, the longest title ever, and a holdovers. Yeah, so we got all the top movies to talk about. You know, we had to talk about Hunger Games with all the, you know, the women. The mm. women love the Hunger Games, so we had to talk about the Hunger Games to get the audiences. I'm just kidding. It's actually surprised me. I have a good, I have some good things to say about the new Hunger Games movie, but okay. As you know, I'm Jacob. It's I'm very vain. I named my movie page. I literally have my name in my movie reviewing thing. I'm very vain. We got Deontay the Giant, the King, leader of SNN Network, here. Howdy, howdy. And then we got the King of Hot Takes, the King <laughs> of Awkwardness, Nick, the Man. Hell yeah! Honestly, like my, I, I, like I honestly feel like I won't have a lot of hot takes this episode. I feel like I won't have a lot of hot takes. You just have one major one. Oh yeah, no, it's gonna drop like a bomb, as yeah. it's gonna like just destroy everything. I'm Good God! But yeah, I mean, it's Christmas season, so I brought out the Santa hat. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So <laughs> let's get in. Let's get into it. Alrighty. Shout out to Will from the SNN Network for making that beautiful, beautiful intro. Yes, sir. Creative genius. And uh I mean let's let's start with Thanksgiving, you guys. Eli Ross, the new film. Mm -hmm. Eli the, baby. Eli I think the only film. I don't I can't remember what all he's made, but he's made Cabot the first two Cabin Fevers, Green Inferno. Mm -hmm. He did a remake of some, I think, action movie from the 70s um he did that one movie the like this house has clocks in the walls or something like that with jack black oh, yeah that. um he also he did he directed the original thanksgiving trailer segment 
for Grindhouse, which obviously inspired the movie. Um, I I do feel like he made another movie, but I know Cabin Fever and Green Inferno are like his major, like his claim to fame movies right now. He made uh, Knock Knock. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've never seen it. I just know the memes about it. I think, was it Knock Knock? Was that the one with Keon Reeves in a very like early role? Yeah. I think so. I've seen that. I've seen that movie. It, I liked it. I thought it was good. It gets associated with like the Rob Zombie movies of that era because like the blood and the and the violets and all that. I think it's a very unique one that stands out amongst all of them, you know? Yeah. I have only seen House with the Clock in Its Walls and this one of Eli Roth. So. I'm not a big Eli Roth guy. No, I, I get that. Like, I feel like Eli Roth is very pretentious. And he like <laughs> he and I feel like he just I don't know I think he thinks too highly of himself. Oh oh he also made um Hostel. He made the first two Hostel movies, I believe. I don't know if he made the third one, but he did the first two. But yeah. In, but I, I I mean he I mean Eli Roth has good ideas, but I feel like again he's too pretentious and he's always giving me this vibe of like a film student who never like graduated. <laughs> Still, always seems like he's still trying to make his final thesis film or whatever. But yeah. I, I will give credit and credits due. He has presented with us, presented us some amazing kills and gore, and I do believe he has changed the genre in some aspects. Yeah, like Cabin Fever would when it, when it first came out, it was kind of like a little bit ahead of his time because like how far they went with like spreading the disease and then just like the townspeople. Uh, being involved with it and it, it, it got crazy through certain parts of the the movie. Oh, yeah. No, it yeah. definitely did. Yeah, I haven't seen the uh, part two of it, but uh, I heard that was just as nuts. Got to watch Godzilla minus one. Someone said in the comments, I do want to see that. I would have saw it this weekend, but I've been seeing a lot of movies lately. I got to save some money. But yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to go see Godzilla minus one. I heard it's a really, really good Godzilla, and it's from Japan, so it's probably done right. Oh no, yeah. Americanized versions, but yeah, that's my buddy uh, Edmund Forrest. So shout out to Edmund. Thank you for tuning in, bro. Uh, I don't know why it shows up as Facebook user. Yeah, it just, it just says that for me too. Just Facebook user. Yeah, I, I had to hop in like the comment section to actually see who's talking to us. It's it's weird. Oh no. It's that was Ben Stewart that said the Godzilla minus one. Mm. Uh, it used to I don't not know why do my that. Facebook showed me that, but it used to give us the names, but lately it's been saying Facebook user. Yeah, and half the time, like it won't even pick up comments from Facebook. Uh, yeah, you, it picks up everything from YouTube, and it's like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get into Thanksgiving, guys. That's crazy ass movie. Oh, it was fucking wild. <laughs> it that was black wild. friday scene the black i feel like the black friday scene just automatically set the tone for it yeah i've seen black friday scenes in other horror movies like i think krampus had one it had like a similar scene but that one was more goofy this one felt very realistic and just felt just really mean too like like i could see yeah. I could see people like in Cape doing something like that. Yeah. <laughs> a very like graphic yet nasty scene to start off the movie with. 
Yeah, I sat there in the audience and I was just like, man, this is some shit that would really go down at this Kate Walmart. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I will say, right next to it. I did think the girl that got her that got scalped by the uh, by the uh, arc or whatever. I thought that was Courtney Cox for the longest. Oh, just because of her, just because it, the plastic surgery it looked like Courtney Cox, but actually it was a uh, Gina Gershon is her name. She was in oh, some oh. other Eli Roth movie. Woo. But yeah, she's Gosh, the she one that started it all too. Was she or no? The woman that got shot is the one that started it all. Uh, uh, the one guy got a stroke slit, and then he's going yeah. through the wall iron. Yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah, the one guy, what Jacob said, he got like stabbed in the neck, and he kept going. So I think he was like he was like the first casualty, technically, of the movie. But I think the the lady who got scalped, I believe, I think that she's the one who really set like the whole plan of revenge and the movie's plot in motion. Yeah, Which, that was the one that was involved with the cop, right? But yeah, she ended yeah. Up, yeah. Which God, we'll get into man. that, but like mm -hmm. that was so telling, though, because like the dude was in Screen Three, oh. Patrick Dempsey, he was in Screen Three, and like the one thing I will say about this movie, there, this movie heavily relies on Scream. I know what you did last summer, oh. and even Halloween in some aspects on Dude. like influence is very you can tell the influence is like right on its sleeve i mean well like how like thanksgiving is part of like the holiday horror subgenre and halloween and black christmas kickstart that stuff so like i'm not surprised that like you know a thanksgiving themed slasher movie took cues from like halloween but i, I am surprised it did take cues from like scream and those other movies i mean because yeah. they are completely like different like on different like spectrums of the genre you know and yes. they had a comedian tim dillon if you notice if you know who tim dillon is the comedian I he am... was he was one of the security guards at the black friday the one that said i screw this i'm out and started running away the one with the cat that gets killed later on I, I, a, i've never heard of tim dillon but he's a, I, he's a funny comedian yeah i'm gonna have to check him out so when I saw him in this movie, I was like, okay, I know what movie I'm in for. When I saw, <laughs> when I saw the comedian as a security, I was like, okay, I, I get where we're going now. Yeah, it, it's, it's hard to take slasher movies seriously. It's just like you got to be there to see how creative the kills get and why the killing is happening in the first place. Right. So that, that was my whole attitude going into seeing uh, Thanksgiving. I think my thing with like Thanksgiving going and after seeing the trailer... Like the original mock trailer from Grindhouse, I really wanted to see how many scenes from that movie um, he brought into the actual movie. And he brought over like a lot of them. Like he brought over like the turkey getting decapitated at the yeah. parade, which I felt like was a very good scene. Yeah. Um, I feel like probably one scene that was in the original Grindhouse trailer that he kind of like upgraded um, for this movie was the was the lady becoming the turkey whenever he like basted her and all that like had her tied yeah. up because he had something like that for the original trailer and honestly like that was probably the most disturbing scene in the movie for me yeah because, like he made this lady like tied her up basted her all this stuff and just like took off like the sheet and like all the all the people are like around i'm just like that's just gotta be the most traumatizing thing ever you know it's like yeah so the guys are the guy's like puking through his mouth tie. Mm -hmm. Like, 
it was such a honestly disgusting scene because like yeah and but i do feel like that scene was ruined by the trade like the actual movie trailer that came out of like a couple months ago because i feel like the movie trailer either spoiled or ruined like a lot of like the big kills of the movie in my yeah yeah, I had the trailer in a little I, while. So I, I saw the trailer like once. Yeah, I bear I saw it maybe like you know just probably like once. So I saw I can remember it. I, I saw it twice and like I remember with the first one that came. I think it was like the teaser trailer. It highlighted the kill of the lady and like her face like um dipped into the water, put on the door, ripped off. Then she like runs outside, gets like and first off that dumpster. That dumpster must have been made out of, like iron or something for her to just get like cut in half like that. Like yeah. that was such a wild scene because like at first I thought he was just gonna like leave her there on the door, just like die or whatever. But then she like peels her skin off and she's running. Then she like gets in the dumpster and like whoosh, like that. I was like, what? <coughs> like you can cut her completely clean in half. Like Jesus Christ! Like oh my. <laughs> like what's that dumpster made out of? Like. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a slasher movie and it's supposed to have dumb kills, but that kill actually took me out of the movie because, like, the way he, <laughs> the way he just put her face in the water and then it immediately stuck to the thing, that's not how that works in real life. And then secondly, when she gets cut in half and it's it's the most lightweight garbage, like, I used to have to take the garbage out at many jobs. Like, you guys know what a gar- taking out the garbage oh, is like. Okay. No, nobody gets cut in half like that. So that would not happen. <laughs> yeah. so when that happens, it was it was too over the top for me. I was like, okay, like I, yeah, I was like, okay, he's trying to be boring. That's <laughs> actually a critique I had with the movie was that kill. I was like, that's he's just trying to be gory on to be gory purpose. Like, yeah, at, at some point during the filming process, Eli would just I don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> yeah, literally, he just like he just so, just some of the kills. I was just like, like the one where the girl. It's the weirdest scene in the movie, and I still do not know why this scene is in the movie. Do you know how, like, uh, that's exactly how it works in real life? <laughs> yeah, I, I've the, seen when, people when get their tongue stuck to a pole. I mean, it, it happens like that because, like, it was like a walk in freezer, and that water, you know, he just like d- dipped her whole head in there, and it's like right on the door. So, like, you know, I, you know. Maybe so that, but maybe it was the sure, amount of pressure that that yeah. he was applying to her head that made that possible. for sure not the garbage can. Yeah, that garbage. Oh, I got a dumpster just like that downstairs. It wouldn't chop me in half. So it, it, it just looks so cartoonish. Also, like yeah. it looks super cartoonish. Like I thought it was like watching like a Looney Tunes segment when that happened. <laughs> let's test it. Oh, okay. Let's test it. Whoa, that's a whoa. That's. That's gonna be evidence for a trial. I'm calling. I think right I think we have the actual John Carver in the comments right now. <laughs> I love John you, Carver, man. Honestly, you like turkey basted. Like the whole John Carver element, like him being like the main villain, that was so cool because he was like an actual historical figure. Like mm-hmm. he was the original governor of Plymouth or whatever. So like I'm really glad um, Eli Roth did like a lot of research on like. Plymouth and Thanksgiving for this movie. Like he did more research than like I feel like other people do for like slasher movies, you know? So I'm glad yeah. he actually kind of like respected the traditions and the holiday and actually pulled like a figure from real life 
that would probably be actually celebrated in Plymouth. Like for all I know, like John Carver is being celebrated in Plymouth. Like last, like month. he's a hero. Yeah, I will say the one thing they have the a few of the actors they have the Massachusetts Boston accent. That's not how people in Boston talk. I've been I went to Boston this summer. That's not how people in Boston like it's it's so over the top. Like they it, have it's an exaggerated accent. as shit. Yeah, they have an accent, but it was so exaggerated where it was to the point where I was like, okay, these people are putting on an accent like that is so exaggerated they, they like, were having oh. fun like a motherfucker too it's just like yeah boston people cuss like that but yeah like <laughs> this is not how like i know the people in boston are actually really nice from what i encountered so like i that's a i feel like that's a poor description of people in massachusetts but like you know it is what it is but like going back to what i was saying about the weirdest scene in the movie and this scene still baffles me you remember the it's the guy at the Black Friday, it's from the rival school, the one that gets his head turned all the way around. Oh, well, first man. off, a human cannot do that. So I mean that's <laughs> that was another issue. But <laughs> it set up a cool kill. I did love the trampoline kill where he's sticking oh. the knife to the trampoline Ooh. and she's landing. Ooh. That 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 may have been my favorite kill of the whole movie. Because like she was getting I mean, technically, she uh survived because she was in the freezer later yep lawson <laughs> he was the buddy i saw it with he's also been on the podcast before good friend of the podcast lawson thresher he he didn't like it he thought it was trash and i mean i i get it uh i liked it a little bit more than him but i also have a lot of problems with it but like that kill was pretty i will give it that that kill was pretty awesome how she's just coming down on the trampoline he's putting the knife Top. through it oh and like man. she's like and like coming down like that was pretty cool but that scene made no sense because how did he know that she was going to take the guy out of class? And why was she doing this sexy little dance show on a trampoline for this guy in a pitch black gym with the spotlights only on the trampoline? Like, I was like, what is this? What high school is this? What is happening? <laughs> yeah. it, that, that is some extra kinky shit. What kind of Gen Z shit is this? It's like, oh, oh I'm going to role play off a trampoline. Uh... Like okay. sometimes, he, sometimes he tried way too hard with his kills. He it, it was just like too try hard. It was like, oh my god, you're just trying to make it. It was just too so, try hard for me sometimes. Yeah, well, Eli Roth approached this movie with the same innovation that a stoner would have. He was like, <laughs> literally. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Eli Roth is basically just like a very grown up thirteen year old. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, this like this movie had like so like my thoughts on Thanksgiving overall. I thought it was a like just a funny movie to throw on, you know. I might buy mm -hmm. it in the future. I might just put it on the background if I have like a if I have like a movie night or something and we, and we want to watch something stupid. I'll throw it on. It's definitely better than all the other Thanksgiving horror movies out there. It's definitely better than all mm -hmm. the other ones. But I mean, kind of like what Jacob was saying, you like you kind of really have to like like suspend belief for like a lot of the stuff happening in there, you know. Right. But, Overall, I think like the characters could have been better. The cinematography was good in my opinion. The plot was very, very basic, not deep, and like it, it's not supposed to be a deep plot, but mm -hmm. like it still could have been like stretched out a bit more, you know. But again, I think it had like pros and cons. I think, it, but I think I had like the same amount of pros and cons for me at least. Yeah, I, I, I kind of the same way. I understand where you guys are coming from. Uh, for me, like. I grew up on nothing but slasher films. Like I, I didn't know what a supernatural horror film until like 
maybe Exorcist came out. Damn, I'm kind of putting the age on myself. But anyways, uh, yeah, uh, Thanksgiving. You were around in the seventies. Whoa. Nah, thankfully I wasn't alive at that time, but I was able (laughs) to watch it on VHS. And that he said when the Exorcist came out, I was like, when he came out, oh my god. (laughs) Like, hold on, hold up now. Oh shit, (laughs) we got a grandpa. Granddad is up in the building. <laughs> Shit. Uh, slasher movies as a whole, they're almost all like this. This is like the kind of like a formula for them almost. Uh, Eli Roth did get a little bit gratuitous with it, but uh, overall, I, I do like the innovation behind it and the fact that the, the villain could fucking fight. I was like, bro, like he could easily pass off as like a street level Marvel villain. Uh, the, the way that he handled all these kids and shit. And it's just like, bro, it's, the way that you're killing them is like so unnecessary. But since you're mad and you want revenge and this is how you have to kill them, then it's, 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 it's kind of acceptable as far as movie movie wise goes. So I, I, I didn't have too many complaints about it. Um, they did get out of hand with a couple kills. Um, I do like the way that they, they, they solved it, though, because it's like everybody in the audience had to like try to put the puzzle pieces together uh i didn't figure out who it was until immediately they said uh this guy is definitely military trained and and i and we saw the military equipment like way before that scene in the movie so i was like oh this dude is a badass motherfucker i will say that's probably my biggest maybe my biggest complaint with the movie was Okay, you want to go the screen route, you want to go the whodunit route, that's fine. Like, go that route, but make it a mystery. I knew it was Patrick Dempsey's character as soon as he came on screen. I knew it. Like, as soon as he walked in at the beginning when he walks in and he flirts with the girl, first of all, I knew he had a relationship with the girl the way she flirted with him. And then second of all, just the way he acted, I was like, he's going to be the killer. I was like, he was in screen three, I, 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 he's my bet for the killer. And then he turned out to be the killer, and I was just like okay i was just like i I was like i guess this i saw this coming a mile away and then they set up i think my biggest problems with the writing and i mean like nick said he is like a it does feel like a film student who's still working on their thesis film because like (laughs) literally sets up so many like there's literally a scene because like you know at the where she shoots him at the end with the musket type guy like the muzzle loader or like an old time musket i forgot what it is but like where you have to load it from the top. Uh, she uh, she literally said earlier in the movie, there's a whole scene where she stares at the guy with it, and she's like, I used to have to shoot those. I hated it or something. And it's just like, I see, okay, I know what's going to happen. She's going to shoot the killer at the end of the movie with it. And what does she do? She shoot yeah. the, shoots the killer with it at the end of the movie. And I was just like, you could just, it was so, everything was so telegraphed, and it was so like. Yeah, it's such a. I mean, I think my thing about it is like looking at it since it's like a slasher movie, and I hate to say this, I really do, and this honestly might be one of my biggest hot takes for the night, but you really can't get super, super creative with slasher movies. You really can't, because like the thing about slasher movies is they're like Batman villains, you know, one gimmick, one plot, you know, the killer kills on this holiday or the killer is a clown or whatever mm-hmm. and i mean eli roth has this problem where he kind of like he did this with the green inferno where it was like a throwback to like 
you know, the like the cannibalism movies of Italy and like the 70s yeah. and 80s and all that. And he just yeah. wanted to present present us like a throwback slasher movie like from the 80s where it was the really crappy like holiday themed ones and all that. So yeah. I mean, he was just really going for like a basic, you know, YouTube level slasher movie. You know, like he probably went like on WikiHow, you know, like how to write a slasher movie. <laughs> but I mean, but the thing is, like I like I feel like you know someone else could have add some more like you know pizzazz to it. It could have like made the killer more mysterious instead of just like you know teasing like him in the beginning kind of and all that. But like I mean, at the end of the day, I think we do have to realize it is just a very basic slasher movie just meant for the basic everyday moviegoer you know mm -hmm. like like thanksgiving was a movie that probably shocked a few people um some people probably loved it some people probably hated it and at the end of the day that's all it is it's not going to change the horror genre it's not going to kickstart a slasher revival mm -hmm. or whatever it's just going to bring in you know a couple million dollars in the box office and that's it yeah, it's one of those horror movies that you go for just the sake of being a, a horror fan. Like you, you yeah. do not want to. Oh, I'm going to spend 16 bucks on this because this is a must see film. Yeah. No, don't, don't, don't put yeah. yourself through that. Go on Tuesday matinee nights for six dollars. <laughs> yeah, Twitter. Yeah, and like also like this is this is not a this is not going to be like a, a, cla a classic you watch every Thanksgiving or at least oh. I won't. I don't, it's not going to be a movie I watch every Thanksgiving. Like, I, I may not even ever rewatch it ever again. Like, I have no desire. Like, it was just like, okay, that was cool. But, like, I feel like it had the, if a different director and, and it had a better script, I feel like it could have been like a holiday mainstay. For like oh, yeah. Every, oh, yeah. every Thanksgiving, you could watch it. Kind of like I watch Halloween every Halloween. And I know that's a big ask because Halloween to me is the greatest horror film ever made. But you could at least. I feel like you could have at least done better. And like, I will say though, those are my critiques. I will give it, I will give it credit where credit's due. There was a few scenes that made me actually like jump a little bit. Like it did have those good scenes that made me jump. And the one scene when she, the girl's in the oven. Ooh, that, that made scene, you watch it. <laughs> I, I put myself in that situation thinking like, what would I, I try to do that with movies. Like, what would I do if I was in that situation? And that scene, actually kind of terrified me because i was like oh my god like think of imagine being in a hot ass oven like imagine being in an oven being cooked slowly like that was actually a well executed scene yeah like, it was and i mean you know kind of like what i said earlier i think that was probably like the most memorable scene from like kill from the movie in my opinion because the thing is not only is she in an oven you know like you're putting yourself in that position like jacob said but she's tied up like a, how a turkey would be and all mm. that it's just honestly just a very very just traumatizing embarrassing way to die you know like because yeah. they can't like bury her normally now you know so they're like it's just honestly it was just such a good good scene in my opinion yeah. but i think you know going with the talking about the kills and how jacob said it's not going to be a holiday um like like a holiday classic or anything i feel like if it had more actual like thanksgiving related kills it could have been a lot better because i know one whole element was like that instagram photo they were all tagged in you know and all that but i feel like some of the kills were just like not like thanksgiving related at all like like the one girl who got like you know her face got dipped in the water then the like the dumpster killed her or whatever like how is that thanksgiving related you know 
something like that. But I don't know. I feel like if it leaned more into a more semi-goofy side of Thanksgiving, yeah. then it would have probably became like a holiday classic. Yeah. I, if that's what he's aiming for, he definitely missed a mark. But if he wasn't aiming for that, uh, so context, a little bit of context. Uh, Thanksgiving 2 was renewed. So we should be expecting that around like 2025, maybe probably no. the same time of the year. <laughs> so um, it might even come out next Thanksgiving. Honestly, he, you could turn yeah. out a movie like this a year turnaround easy. Yeah, the amount of effort he put in with this one, he could probably put the exact same amount in like six months and have it done. And like, God, Lee, this story, I honestly don't think. It's going to be top like 25 of any genre. But like if you're if you're just a diehard horror fan and like you watch shit like Sharknado and you get off on it and you, you consume more stuff just like that, then Thanksgiving is going to be right up your alley. I'm not a Sharknado fan, but I watch trash uh, horror movies just like that for fun. So Thanksgiving was kind of like a higher bar of, of all of that. I will say that, like I, 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 I like, I like my '80s slasher movies. So like, it did do a good homage to that. It did like, there was, uh, was it really? Oh yeah, yeah. It was announced. It's already greenlit. Thanksgiving yeah. two is going to be coming. But yeah, uh, like I watch eight, like the burning is one I can think of. Like a, a just a classic '80s slasher is the burning. Like. Movies like that, like, you know, like I like slashers like that. So for this movie, I feel like for the most part, it handled it. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, I'll just go ahead and give my grade. When I first got out of the theater, I was kind of being nice to it. I gave it a B plus. When I, <laughs> when I think about it now, it's a, I'd give it a B. It's a B. Like, it's just a solid B movie. Like, it's just a yeah. B movie. Like, it's just, it's not trying to raise the bar. It's not trying to be a classic. It's just... Nope. You know, take your friends before Thanksgiving. Let's go watch people get killed. I mean, yeah. and I mean, it's some people have issues with that. Like, oh, that's sick that you watch movies. You know, some people think, oh, it's sick. You're watching movies to be entertained by the kills. But I mean, that's what slasher movies are. What boiled down to it, that's what slasher movies have become. Mm -hmm. It's just like interesting kills. And at least it had some interesting kills with like, and like I said, it made me jump a few times. It made me squeam. I mean, it made me squeamish a few times. We started cutting her thigh. Like, yeah. I, was like, I was like, bro. And then when the guy was puking, and but his mouth was tied, so the puke was like spewing out like the bottom oh, and the top God. of the tie. Like, I was like, oh, that's just gross. And he forced him to eat that girl. Like, he was cutting pieces of her skin off and then throwing it on their plate. And he was like, I'm going to kill you if you don't eat this. And like, uh, holy yeah. shit. That's that's true. This one did feel, this one felt a little mean, more mean spirited. And it it's like, it's also why people are fast. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's the same type of morbid curiosity, but like what Lawson was saying about like this one. It, that's one of my issues with it is it felt like sometimes it was trying to be goofy, mm -hmm. but then at the same time it was trying to be really serious and like really yeah. mean spirited. Where like the guy was like puking and he was cutting his thigh. And it like it it went a little too mean spirited. I will agree with Lawson in the comments there with that. It felt. It wasn't fun enough. If you're gonna make it, it felt it, it kind of felt like it had conflicting tones 
where it was fighting with itself. It, it wanted to be a throwback 80s slasher, but then also wanted to be this really serious slasher at the same time at some point. Well, and that's yeah. why I just give it a B because I feel like it was just dealing with itself. And it's just a, it's a, it's, it's a good, okay slasher. Kind of jumping off what you were saying, Jacob, and what Lawson said about being mean spirited. And overall, I think my grade would be a B also. Um, I actually thought about giving it like a B plus at first because this movie has been like in the works ever since the original Grindhouse movie came out. Like Grindhouse trailer, like a lot of the Grindhouse trailers have become movies like Hobo was a shotgun and a few others. So this is like the third or the fourth one. And it's just been like probably the most hyped up movie of his career. I do think he, like the hype was let down by it considering how long it took him to make it and stuff like that but just jumping off with Lawson said about it being mean-spirited i wonder how much influence the terrifier franchise had on it man i, I wonder how much influence it had because terrifier for like terror like art the clown good character you know but at the end of the day it's a very like both of them are very mean-spirited slasher movies like there's there there like there are a few semi-funny kills but then art just takes it to the next level so i wonder like how much influence eli roth took from terrifier when like writing this movie or directing this movie because you know again like you what lawson was saying like it was really mean-spirited at times and kind of like going back to my whole film studio thing is he needs like actually settle on one tone for this movie because i feel right. like if it was a hundred percent goofy or a hundred percent serious, and like like that movie would have been great. But you can't have this weird 50-50 thing going on, you know. Like you can't have like something funny, like a funny kill, like the turkey guy getting decapitated, mm. then this guy throwing up, cutting her thigh, cooking her like a turkey. Like you can't have stuff like that because it really just like conflicts with like the emotional value of it too, you know. But overall, um, Overall, I would give it a B. You know, it, it, it's like what Jacob said. It's just a B movie. I might buy it on DVD. I might not. You know, I might watch it again in the future for, for like fun. But mm -hmm. I would say, looking at the rest of Eli Roth's like career and his films, I would definitely put it at the very bottom as of right now. Yeah, of Eli Roth's career. Yes, because yeah. his, his other movies, like his earlier ones, they did. Um, spark like some waves in the horror genre and like they like they were really creative this movie again just feels like kind of like just a I, i'm not I, I, like i'm not I mean, like i don't want to say this but it feels like a cash grab at times too you yeah. know so i would say at the end of the day um it's definitely the bottom and the bottom tier of his horror movies yeah what 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 what's, what grade would you give it overall oh oh overall i would give it a b I B. thought about, I thought about giving it a B plus because it did take him a while to like make it, but then again during like the time when Grindhouse came out, which what I think it was like 2013, maybe 2007 at like the earliest. I don't remember for sure, but it's it's been like a 10 plus year process for him to get this movie out, and I mean considering how long it took him, he should have made honestly a better movie out of it instead of this, but. But yeah, overall, I would give it a B. But then again, it it does really give me the vibes of like a thirteen year old who like got a lot of money and just decided to make his first big horror movie. But yeah, um, shout out real quick to Emperor Will. He's in the comment section, and then uh, shout out to Adrian, aka Grave, 
is in the comment section as well. She is the 2011 WHS uh, commenter. So thank you, thank you guys for tuning in. We are just wrapping up our review for Thanksgiving, and I am going to drop my final score for it. So uh, I'm right around the same uh, score as Jacob and Nick with uh, the solid B. Uh, I might give it a B minus. Uh, now that I put more thought into it, I'm not sure if this was like a John Carver smear campaign, which is why, <laughs> which is why it's not anywhere in the C's or D's. But I, I as far as slasher standards go, this met the uh, the bare minimum criteria to get in. But uh, it's it's not like one of those like it changed the game for slashers forever. Because uh, I still have a hierarchy. Uh, you got Halloween at the top, maybe a couple Friday the 13th movies. Uh, I think Candyman was a really good slasher film. And then the Scream uh, series. But Thanksgiving comes nowhere close to any of them. But with that being said, it's not it's not awful. It's just like one of those movies that you, you need to catch on a streaming service. But if you have the budget for it, go catch it on a Tuesday for like the cheapest deal you can get it for but uh oh and last thing uh as far as the conflicting tones goes uh i think that like the the goofy thanksgiving uh tone and then there's like this social commentary tone that they were working on because uh they tried to get like the dad that owns like the the walmart where the black friday incident happened to shut down and i think that was kind of like social commentary on like rich guys like putting money over like incidents that get people harmed or whatnot and uh and if you would have stuck to that like social commentary and just stayed serious with the with the kills as well like the movie would have done so much better but you can't mix like the goofy kills the goofy moments and then that one serious bit of social commentary about like the rich not having any empathy for like the people that uh keep them rich yeah yeah but that, that that's all that's all i got for uh awesome. thanksgiving last thing on thanksgiving did you guys see that addison ray the tiktok star was in this movie yes that was actually after the trailer i think that was like the first thing i saw like after the trailer came out i just saw article after article about addison ray being in there and i personally think she did a good like acting job in it. I think she did. Like I think all the actors did they did did the best they could with the script and the director they were working with. Absolutely. I don't, I don't even. Addison Ray sounds very familiar. You you probably um, know her if you've seen her. She's she blew up during like COVID times with uh, TikTok and all that. And I think she's had she's been in a I think she's been in a few other movies, but like yeah, like. She's not really a trained actress, so like I get it, but like I don't, I don't know. Like she was good, she was good, she was good, but like you know, like if you're gonna put Addison Ray in the movie, might as well put me or you or Nick or in the movie, you know? Right. Like, they captured one, that. Yeah, they captured one, that essence. Put one of us, because I mean, like if you're gonna put a TikTok TikTok star, I mean, us and Nick have better uh chemistry chemistry better I, I feel like we could act 
better than her, honestly. As Nick disappeared. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry about that, guys. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, like, I'm sorry about that. I, like, I accidentally closed out, and then my screen, I'm like, oh, crap. But, yeah, it's not good. But no, real quick, jumping off what I, a little bit of what I heard Jacob said about that, I honestly feel like we could make a better Thanksgiving slasher movie than Eli Roth. Like, I honestly feel like we could. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And you know what? Um, you know what? This is, I was, I've was i been thinking about this. This is the eighth podcast, and I've been thinking about this. Every podcast, I beg A24. I'm an A24 beggar. This is like, we should have like a segment we should have like a graphic made where it's like Jacob begs A24. That's because every, <laughs> every podcast I do this, and I'm gonna do it now and get it out of the way. A24, call us. Like, I know A24 didn't make this, but like, you can still A24. You can still do. I know you're trying to be more serious. You're trying to make bigger movies, but you can still do goofy little horror films and like hire us. I mean, we can make better films, and I mean. If you want some TikTokers, we'll put some TikTokers in there. I mean, mm -hmm. that's fine. I have a TikTok. I only have like four videos, but I have TikTok. I have two videos. I, yeah, technically, me and Nick. I mean, we have videos. I don't, Deontay, do you have videos on TikTok? Um, I don't make any, but I do repost a lot of shit. See, he reposts them. Mm -hmm. I'm on TikTok. So, like. And that is Will's comment. <laughs> hey. Yeah, I mean, I like I like the black guy that survives. I like, <laughs> I like that. We could do, we could totally do that. Instead, have like the dumb white girl that usually survives die. I mean, yeah, it's like, like God damn it, like switch it up a little. But like, yeah, like that's gonna be my new thing. Is just like this is the A twenty four begging session by Jacob and uh, yeah. A24, call us, please. I love you. Please, I love you. I own your merch. Please, please. I love you. Please. This isn't me begging. This isn't me begging. I'm not groveling, I promise. He's like, not on his knees. He's not on his knees yet. I actually am on my knees, but like. Oh, shit. <laughs> but like, A24, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm here, but okay. Yeah, that's all I have for Thanksgiving. Yes, Lord. Uh-oh, we got another topic that's going to be even bigger news than this one. This one, actually, this one, guys, I'm just going to say before we bring this up, before we start talking about it, I feel like we may get some heat for this because, like, all three of us kind of have the same opinion on this movie, and I've been on Letterboxd, I've been on YouTube, oh. and I've been on other things looking at the receptions for this movie, and this movie has actually some big fans behind it. Like, there oh, are some that. actually fans that are really like this movie is great like i had somebody on letterbox said this is our generation's been her and i was like oh it's not <laughs> i i was like did you watch the same movie as me but i mean i haven't seen been her because it's too long but like whoa. like i don't i don't think you can no no like it's not even gladiator but anyway like uh yeah like I we might get some fire for this guys but like yeah. let's get it let's just get into it yeah look we, we're gonna need Vic's face uh nick's face for this so hold on, hold on let me <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes but anyway this. you know real quick jacob jumping off what you were saying about those reviews actually i'm on a napoleon sub on reddit and they are tearing Ooh. this movie apart like they, they they hate it they hate it but i think one reason why people like this movie is they actually 
don't know the story of Napoleon. They don't know the basic like like points about Napoleon. They just know that he that he was a guy in France who lost the battle battle of Waterloo and he lived on an island till he died. You know that and that's all they know. And I think the thing is with Napoleon is like, you know, Bradley Scott, he's a big name. He's made like a lot of other good movies and all that. And I think, you know, uh, Walking Phoenix and Vanessa Kirby were two big names for this movie. Mm-hmm. And I just think like one reason why people like this movie so much, and I'm not trying to be rude when I say this, I'm not trying to be rude at all, but they're dumb about Napoleon. So they see like this Marvel historical type movie happening with big battles and you know mm. sexy characters and they're like oh you know cannons and sexy lady oh i love this movie you know mm, girl oh. pulling up her dress yes <laughs> this movie should just be called cannons and the sexy lady yeah. <laughs> oh, good. it should well like the, that's one thing about it is like i think first off right off the bat it's impossible to make a, like a two hour, what was it? It was like two hours long. In like two, two hours, hours and 30 minutes. minutes. Yeah. Two yeah. hours, it's, it's impossible to make like a movie that long about Napoleon that covers his entire like career. Like you have to focus on one particular aspect, whether it be his political career, military, his love life with Josephine or whatever. Mm-hmm. I feel like Scott was just like, first off, he was all over the place with that. Like he starts here, then we're here. Then we're here because if you actually look up those battles, like so much happened in between some of them. Like Grant and Napoleon fought like eighty battles, so you can't have you it like you cannot have every battle in that movie. But the thing is, he left out so much important stuff in it, and the stuff he did have was just inaccurate and just an insult to human intelligence yeah. at the same time. And it's like, if you're going to cover Napoleon, you need to pick like a certain aspect of, of his life and stick to it. Mm. Not several different aspects and then leave the other ones incomplete. And it's like, you're like, bro, why would you do this to yourself? And like Ridley Scott, I've been seeing Ridley Scott. He's, he's been going on like a terror, like a terrorizing campaign. Like I've seen some interviews with him where people are like, uh, like actually like history buffs of like, then like ah oh, Napoleon didn't do that and he's like oh just fuck off like yeah like, yeah like, like he does not care about the, like the accuracy whatsoever in the interviews at least like he's just telling reporters off like were you there were you there and I mean he's got a good point yeah it's they like two there. or three different interviews yeah, but, I've seen so far but, but like I mean, yeah. I mean those guys have done like the actual like research about him you know they've read like the papers and the books and all that. And honestly, looking at this movie, I feel like he was trying really hard to, like, you know, remake Gladiator to a certain extent. I feel like he was trying to, like, recapture that somehow. Yeah. But also, I don't know, it's just, like, right off the bat, when I saw the original, I think the original poster, I'm like, this movie's gonna suck. Because Walking Phoenix does not, like, he, like, maybe if it was 10 years ago, he could have been a good Napoleon. But the thing is, he's too old to be Napoleon. He's too old to be Napoleon, in my opinion. And I, like, I just also—he's like forty-nine. Oh yeah, like he's yeah. old. And like, I mean, I also just feel like he was just like Arthur Fleck cosplaying as Napoleon for the entire movie. Like there were some scenes where I was just like, "Is this Chris Chan? 
This is Chris Chan, like <laughs> acting like Napoleon. Yeah, this is. It's like, oh shit, he's horny again. What was up? I want to like, know what's up with what's up with the what's up with the Napoleon mommy 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 parts. What's up with that stuff? Like Ridley yeah. Scott. I, I don't know. Did he? I know he didn't write this. I saw somebody else wrote it. David like, Scarpo. Yeah, that, that's yeah. the guy I blame for all of these inaccuracies. What, what, Ridley. Well, I mean, Ridley Scott, he's got, like, one of those directors, he's got overwhelming control over his movie. So, like, he obviously yeah. probably had some say on what the script did. But, like, I was just, like, there was at one point where I was, like, is this a parody? Like, because I was watching it, and, like, he's going, mommy, 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 and he's starting to crawl under the table. And I'm just, like, what is, like, am I supposed to be watching a historical epic or, like, a weird, like, soft porn? Like, what is, like... What is this? And like, it's like it's terrible too porn too. Oh, it's just oh. like, bro, is he about to pull underneath the table just to clap them cheeks or what? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? It was like, like what? It's, what's the point? And it's like everybody's in the room and they're like watching, and it's just like, bro, y'all might as well. I love just... this. I will say, I the scene. This movie made me laugh so many times. Like the yeah, the, the ending when he falls down dead. I laughed at the ending <laughs> when it went to black. When he fell <laughs> and it went to black. I just died laughing. And you know, and it was it was like the music was swelling. It was supposed to be like dramatic, him dying, but him just falling out of the chair. I just like died. I just died at that and like the scene there's one scene where he's in there and she's like getting dressed and she's like getting dressed for something and he's and he just go he starts going mum, 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 mum. and then and she's like i can't i can't my hair's did yeah my hair's getting my hair's done or something and then like all the all of the servants leave the room and then he like, <laughs> and then he like and then he goes at her for about a minute and then he's done but like I, I, was, I, I died laughing that entire sequence because he was just going mmm, 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 mmm. Like, mmm, 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 mmm. like bro what, what the are fuck? you doing what are you, you like doing? telegraphing to her that you're horny or something this dude's just humping the back of her dress like <laughs> and then the fact that walking phoenix he just talked like walking he didn't even try a french accent he didn't try at all at all <laughs> it was terrible because like usually the, the you know like they half-ass it but again, he just sounded and acted like Arthur Fleck from The Joker throughout this entire movie. Like, it, he, it was just such a bad movie because of that. Like, I mean, even like, I, I will say, though, Scott did a good job with like the costumes and the music because it was like appropriate to like the time period. But that was yes. like the only thing. Like, there was like, Napoleon was a very horny man in real life. Like, historically, <laughs> he, had, he was a big sex addict. But the thing yeah. is, like, he just showed it in like such a weird like middle school sleazy way like it honestly felt like Riley scott was like writing like revenge porn about napoleon or something yeah because that, that that probably was just a gimmick that ridley came up with like nobody knows like the true dramatization yeah of, of how napoleon went up to josephine but it's just like oh i got a bright idea let's just make him say mama a couple hundred times and it's <laughs> Oh shit! They're about to get it on again. Well, he's I, the ultimate Sigma. <laughs> well, I think I think I said this like a few weeks ago or a week ago actually that this movie is just a smear campaign because mm -hmm. Scott is British. Like he was born in England or United Kingdom or whatever it's called, and historically they don't like. I mean, they don't like Napoleon. They they still don't like him to this day. So I'm not surprised that a British director 
made Napoleon look like this weird, sexually frustrated, Chris Chan-like of a man. <laughs> like, and like, I think the worst part is, like, there was an interview, I mentioned this to you guys, I have to find it actually, where Scott compares Napoleon to Hitler. Like, you think oh. he says he was like the proto-Hitler or something like that, or, they, or like they were equals. And don't get me wrong, Napoleon did like, a, he did a lot of bad things, awful things, war crimes in real life. But the thing is, none of them were featured in the movie. Every like, like dramatic, shocking, look how evil he is seen, like the pyramids yeah. or the ice breaking, none of that happened in real life. And I just felt like it was so sloppy. Like the pyramid scene, I actually rewatched that scene a couple of days ago on YouTube because someone uploaded it. And it's just, it's so just cliche and borderline racist in my opinion because you got the fridge and i think you have like the like the turkish the turkish ottoman army on the other side yeah. and their commanders like running around and then napoleon just fires the cannons while he's doing this the entire time you know he's doing that and then whenever the cannon the cannonballs hit the pyramids the, the the other commander just passes out and they win it's just such, I, I just thought that was so lazy and cliche. Yeah. It was like, oh, look, white man strong, you know, type thing. I'm just like, <laughs> what is this? And it's, then like, I like I just feel like every battle scene was kind of like a, like a Marvel movie where it was kind of like, you know, just like a bunch of like fighting, but there was that one shocking element that made it stand out, like the pyramids or the ice breaking. Yeah, the ice breaking that that kind of played with my adrenaline a little bit, but mm -hmm. the pyramid is just like when I found out the truth about it, it's just like for real. Uh, so I heard something about uh, Napoleon in this movie might have been credited for making the nose off the Sphinx fall off, but the truth is in real life nobody knows how the nose yeah. went missing, and it's yeah. just like whoa. I mean, I think like Napoleon's biggest like credit in Egypt, you know, I think like the actual thing that can be accredited to him is the is the that one stone, the Rosetta Stone. Yeah, he, finding he the Rosetta Stone, that, and he brought back to to France, and and it's like never even mentioned in the movie. Like instead of like you know shooting the pyramids, how about you have Napoleon find that instead of like standing up to like this weird mummy. And like trying to kiss it or whatever. Like, <laughs> he just swear to, it to the right. I swear to God. I swear to God. I thought he was going to kiss it. I swear like, to God. I thought he was going to kiss. Like I wasn't even because like we were at the point in the movie where there's like so much parody before that. I was like, if he kisses this mummy, I'm going to die right now. I'm I want to piss myself in this theater. Like I, I swear to God, I thought he was going to kiss it. I swear. I, my OCD went crazy. I was like, bro, sit that man straight up. <laughs> he just had him lean into the left in his coffin. It's like he just bro, stared at him, so and that scene goes on for like five minutes. And I'm just like, what <laughs> is this? That Everybody in the background is just staring at him while he does this to the mummy. It's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I will say though, like I think one funny element about the movie is like his marshals and generals in the background. Whenever he just does something that's completely off the wall or just weird, they're just standing there, like, like <laughs> what the fuck's going on? Like I re like, but I will say though before we continue just ranting about this movie, how bad it was. My one scene I did like, probably the only scene I liked, was the burning of Moscow. I liked how it was shot. I liked the whole visuals of it, mm -hmm. and I 
and I thought it would have been an amazing scene because he goes out there and he's like, who did this? And they're, and they're like, they did. He's like, don't be, you know, he's like, you know, who did this? Like, who actually did this? And they're like, you, your majesty, they did. And it was such a good scene until he started grabbing his hat and like shaking his head and like having like a weird seizure or something. I'm just like, it was such a good scene up until that point. It's he up is. until he did that. So because extra. It can be in like, you, right. Because before that, he was like, he was like basically saying he has respect for Alexander, the command, like the leader of the Russians and all that. And like his generals are just standing there freezing or whatever. But it was such a good scene. It was just beautiful to watch. But then it was ruined because he grabbed his hat and started like, I'm gonna be honest. Like the only battle scene that I liked in this movie, and this, like, a lot of people were talking about. Oh, at least the battle scenes were great. I think they were edited so poorly. Oh, I think no. they were edited. It was some of the most awful editing I've seen all year of the action sequences. I thought it was edited poorly. And second off, the color grading. Ridley Scott, what do you? Or did you watch Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince and see that awful color grading they had in that movie? And be yeah, like, inspired. Put it on a Napoleon. The color grading of this movie was so dull that, like. I, I said this even in our group chat. I was like, you know, I usually don't fall asleep during movies, but the color grading was putting me to sleep because it was just oh, so dull. There was no yeah. life to the there was no life to what was happening on screen. And I was like, even in like the good moments, I was like, I get when you use color grading when things are going bad, you know, dull, whatever. But like even in like the beginning when he's like conquering and stuff, the color grading is awful. And I'm just like, the editing was awful. And the only the only battle scene I like in the whole movie is the beginning when he takes over. I forgot. I think it's the English when he's in England when he takes over their port and he starts shooting yeah. the cannons at the ships. Yeah. It's like they sneak it at night, like they do it at night. That was the only battle sequence I like. Like I loved when they shot the cannonball and like the horse just exploded and like oh, yeah. the gore Jesus. and like the whole thing with the 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 people of the I think it was in France like the the people were trying to rise up against them and they just started just shooting at all of them. Mm. Just like, all, like I like, like it had some good gore. Like the first 30 minutes, I was like, this is actually a pretty good movie. And then it just derails after that. Like I, I don't really have much positive to say after the first 30 minutes besides Vanessa Kirby. She gives a great performance. Oh yeah. Yes, <laughs> She's like one of the only like positive things anybody has said about the movie. Like I, I went like, on TikTok last night on a whole binge of just Napoleon information, and like everybody's just on it about Vanessa Kirby's uh performance in it. And then uh one of their biggest complaints about Vanessa Kirby wasn't even about her, it's just the fact that she's gotta be like 35 years old in real life compared to like 49-year-old walking Phoenix. Mm -hmm. And he's like way older than freaking uh, Napoleon was. Oh, yeah. And uh, Josephine was supposed to be six years older than Napoleon. So it's just like uh, a lot of feminists kind of got got their in, their two cents in on it. And it was just like there goes Hollywood once again, uh, basically telling the world that women in their 40s don't look good. 40s, 50s don't look good. Uh, so they completely cast like... Uh, Vanessa Kirby, who's like 12 years younger than freaking Joaquin, and she's the one that's having sex with him and all that. And it's, it, it goes down a rabbit hole. I totally understand where they're coming from. Uh, 
I, we we have like a list of actresses in their 40s who look good as fuck. So oh, yeah. Josephine could have literally been played by anybody else. Well, um, I, I mean, kind of jumping off what you were saying about Vanessa Kirby being like one of the only good parts of the movie. I think, again, it just, it just goes back to the script and also bad casting decisions, too. Because, yeah. again, I don't... I, I feel like if Walking Phoenix was not Napoleon, if if Scott made the same movie but replaced Phoenix with someone else, I feel like it could have been it could have had a more redeemable factor. But I feel like given the script Kirby was given and giving like looking at all the weird, awkward sex scenes she had to do, she did a very good job with it. Yeah. Like, she did it very well. Like I feel like out of her and Phoenix. Phoenix looked more like a clown in those scenes than she did. Like, you know, like, obviously, <laughs> it was written that way. But yeah. a different actress could have, like, done a more goofy portrayal, you know? Yeah. Because Vanessa Kirby looks good as Josephine, but I'm pretty sure there's an actress that's in her, like, late 40s that looks just as good. And the scenes would have probably, like, hit different if, if it was her and uh, Phoenix. Even yeah. if they, yeah, if, even if they kept kept Joaquin Phoenix, like if you got like an actress that was older than him, then everything would hit different. Well, I like like this movie just because like this movie was besides Ferrari, it was my most anticipated after Killers of the Flower Moon. It was my most anticipated left of the year besides Ferrari, and uh, I was just like so like I I went into it like. Nick, like before he even saw it, he was already like, "Oh, this movie's, you know." <laughs> oh yeah, dude, I, like, like you were already down. So you went in with a down mentality. I went in with a different one. I went in with like, "Oh, this is gonna be great." And then even I was so disappointed. And I, sh I was with two friends, and my two friends, they had seen no trailers. They just knew it was Napoleon, Walking Phoenix, the guy that directed Alien, Blade Runner. They like, okay. And then they kept looking at me and they're like, what did you take us to? What are, what are we watching? Like, they literally started laughing. They're like, what are we watching? And, like, my one friend, he fell asleep probably 10 times. He's like, what are we? And my other friend was like, what are we watching? Like, my friend James, he was with me. He was like, he kept looking at me during, like, the mommy-mommy scenes. He was like, what did you take us to? And I, I, I felt horrible. I felt horrible. I was like, what did I put my friends through? Like, I was like, I look like a weirdo creep now because I'm like taking them to like this weird, like fan fiction Napoleon Josephine stuff. Like, it was just so off. And like, when it comes to Ridley Scott, let's talk about the filmmaking for a second. You think you're going to get great filmmaking, Ridley Scott, with like Gladiator, Alien, Blade Runner, even like, I like Body of Lies. I like, mm -hmm. uh, shoot, blanking. G.I. Jane? Huh? Yeah, that was him, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, I think he directed G.I. Jane, too. Yeah, uh, Yeah, that's a good one. The last even the last duel that came out in 2021, I think oh, it's that, super... That was super amazing. Underrated. That, that was yeah, amazing. I think it's super underrated. So, like, I was excited. And, like, I was into it. I was ready to go. And, like, even before, like in our group chat because Nick was already down it. I was like, how are you going to smear this movie? You haven't even seen it. And then I literally, as soon as I came out of the movie, I texted in our group chat. I was like, Nick was completely right. This is a smear. I'm glad you de you deserve to smear it because it feels like a smear campaign against Napoleon. Like, it feels like a parody of him. And, like, if you want to talk, like I said, the filmmaking, like, Ridley Scott, I don't know what he did, but, like, the color grading, awful. 
the editing of the battle scenes was awful. The, like everybody's talking about the lake scene, how cool that was. I didn't even like that. I thought it was so poorly edited. And like, it just kept showing cannonballs hitting ice, bloody guys in the water. And I was like, okay. Yeah, sinking, yeah. And I couldn't, I couldn't tell who was who, who was fighting what on like all the battles. Like it was so like, the, because of the color grading, the way it's edited, you don't know like who's on whose side, which side is being killed. It was like so confusing where like, I didn't know. And like, if you want a great historical biopic, you come out learning something. Mm -hmm. I learned nothing from the about Napoleon that I didn't already know. And like, I, I know basic, like Nick knows a lot more about it than I do. And you too, probably Deontay after watching those TikToks, because like, yeah. I barely know. I only know what about Napoleon, what I've learned in school. So like, I'm very minimal on my knowledge of Napoleon and I still didn't learn anything new. And that's when you know it's not a good biopic when you don't learn anything. A damn thing, and what's crazy is because uh, you, you get, both of you guys were on uh, Joaquin's ass about well, not on Joaquin like specifically about like the lack of French accent. So he, Napoleon was born in Corsica, so that's mm -hmm. technically a Italian property. Uh, so he he was basically an Italian person going, and he I don't know how he got to France, but he grew up in France as a kid, got bullied because his accent was different. And uh, so he just always been a Corsican, and Joaquin Phoenix didn't even use the Italian accent. So oh, like okay. you didn't use French or Italian. So it was zero. So he didn't even try. And like it would have been okay if everybody else around him didn't try. I guess. I mean, it would have been yeah. more, but but it would have been more okay than him not trying. And then like everybody else was trying though. Like everybody else seemed to at least try to have an accent. Vanessa Kirby did all of them, and like you know. I guess another positive thing, I, I actually, I only have like three or four positive things to say about the movie. Another positive thing, kind of like about the casting, I do feel like Alexander and Wellington were casted perfectly, in my mm -hmm. opinion. And I, I do wish they were given bigger like screen time, like, like, and like a bigger role because they did have a big role, I will say, because like Wellington defeated Napoleon, the burning of Moscow, stuff like that. And the whole ice battle and like them drinking wine all that good stuff but i do i do wish it they did have like a bigger role because i i do i personally feel like alexander and wellington were some highlights like along with kirby of the movie when it comes to acting yeah honestly really scott should have just picked an aspect and just one aspect and ran with it if there's going to be a battle sequence movie nothing but battles if it's going to focus on Josephine making Napoleon look like a huge cuck in public, then bro, like stick stick to that. Like show us the rest of the guys she cheated on him with. Show us and the I black made, guys. I yeah. I would have been okay with that because, like, honestly, well, I could actually relate to the Napoleon Josephine relationship. I've been in situations. I I've been in situations like that. I'm not saying I did the mommy mommy stuff because <laughs> I like I've never done that. I will go on record. I've never done that, but. Like I, there was a few times like with their relationship, some of the toxicness of that relationship. I was like, I've been there, but like, but, like other than rough, uh, other than other than that, like it was just like it was just a parody, and like mm -hmm. I I was like I was totally like against like Nick was on one side, I was on the other before I oh. saw the movie, and then I just completely came over to Nick's side after seeing the movie, and like I never do that unless like. 
I never change my opinion and just go to somebody's side. But like, I immediately was like, Nick, you were completely right. Like, it was just like insane. Like, it, I could not believe that it was this disappointing. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, kind of like what jumping off of like you guys were saying about how, how he has to stick to one aspect. The most famous movie about Napoleon is from 1970. It's called Waterloo. And it only focuses on like the Battle of Waterloo, Napoleon coming back back from exile. And it's so good because of that. it only focuses on like that core aspect. But mm -hmm. with this movie, it's just like, I feel like this movie is kind of like hopefully a peak and like these terrible, terrible biopics, historical movies we've been getting where they, where they just keep trying to cram all the major bits of these people who have had this major like huge influence long lives you know all that stuff on in, in like two hours and 30 minutes you know because if you actually just read about napoleon even from like the wikipedia page like you can't fit that in like two hours and 30 minutes no i feel like i honestly would have been more interested in seeing just like a movie about battles like napoleon like you know fighting like the british you know it find the british with the whole french revolution going on then slowly working his way up like the burning of moscow egypt stuff like that then ending with waterloo and him being exiled you know to the island and all that i feel like that would have been a good movie I, and honestly i've seen this online a lot is um some people are wondering if he should have made like a mini series about this absolutely i feel like i don't I feel like a like an actual TV show, three seasons max, maybe twelve episodes, something like that would work a lot better. Because even then, you can have like each season dedicated to like one specific, one specific era of his life, like the first season, his early, yeah. you know, kind of like what you were talking about, like him getting bullied and all that, then like ending it with like Waterloo and all that. But you know, again, kind of like what Jacob said earlier, I think Scott had like a lot of control over this movie. And I might be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure he discouraged the screenwriters from reading books about Napoleon. Oh, I read, I saw that man. Because he said there's like a hundred thousand books about him. This guy says this. This guy says that. So here's just some fun facts or whatever. And like, I honestly, I wonder how many times Scott, like, you know, after said they got done filming, he walked into like the screenwriter's office, opened up the laptop and he's like, time for another mommy sex scene you know yeah i just feel like honestly i just you know kind of with that too i feel like one aspect of this movie that was just terrible kind of like what jacob was talking what you guys were talking about about, about him being a cuck and all that is how <laughs> they were trying i feel like they were trying to portray a lot of the battles especially the early ones as like being influenced by josephine mm -hmm. or like it was caused by josephine and that's just like you're showing this man as like pardon my fridge a, a pussy whipped man going around the world shooting pyramids while his wife is having sex with some soldier back home and then he goes off to like russia or whatever it's just like you're showing this very very insecure man <laughs> being dogged on by his wife and he's like oh i'm gonna do this and she's gonna love me and, and, and all that i just feel like 
again, like it's a smear campaign. It's a parody. It's a Saturday Live Saturday Night Live sketch. Yeah. Like honestly, I'm I'm just gonna say it. I feel like Eli Roth wrote this movie. Like, <laughs> he had to, because it's just like there's like outside of like the stuff I've listed. I feel like there's not like a lot of other redeeming factors about this. You know, like. Mm -mm. Like, no, Vanessa Kirby is about as far as I can go. And honestly, she could have gotten her own movie, her own series. And if you like, like you were saying earlier, if he went with the aspect of like Waterloo or a, cert, like any other battle in general. And he just did like a Josephine cameo to like remind everybody that she's married to Napoleon. That'd be cool. But like. This movie's torn between like their toxic relationship and then making these battles seem like they're the results of the toxic relationship. And it's just like, dude, I feel like a fucking 22 year old made this shit. <laughs> it, 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 he, he got his heart broken uh, when, when this when uh, he, he got his heart broken before he wrote this film. And then he just projected all of it onto Napoleon and then Napoleon became him. I don't know. And like another thing that I was thinking of was that uh like if you want to do that like they've been making movies like uh what's it called my memory's so bad but they made movies like Jackie about like Jackie Kennedy or like us I think it's called uh it's Princess Diana's last name I forgot what it's called but it's Princess Diana's last name and it's called is that movie and then. There's uh, Priscilla that just came out recently. Like, those are actually big right now where they're focusing on, like, one aspect of somebody famous. You could have done, like, a Josephine version of that with Napoleon. Right. If, if you wanted to go with that trend that's happening right now with these female biopics that's just uh, based on, uh, like, the girl and, like, their experience, you know, the woman do you could have called it like josephine and napoleon or something and had vanessa kirby be the lead and you know maybe a less known actor as napoleon that actually looked like napoleon and like do something like that if you wanted to, to, to do that and like there's another thing that i actually learned that uh stanley kubrick was obsessed with napoleon and he worked on a film for 10 to 15 years he was in pre-production of a napoleon film for 10 to 15 years and it was going to be like an epic and like, I wish we would have, and you know, he obviously died after Eyes Wide Shut, but like he ended up making Eyes Wide Shut instead. But like he had a period where he was just obsessed with Napoleon and I can just imagine how much better that movie would have been. And that's just sad that he didn't get to make that because that would have yeah. been epic. That, that, that would have been top tier like storytelling as far as like biopics goes. Um, yeah, I, I pretty much... If you if we keep Vanessa Kirby and like we did like a spinoff for her or something like that, we should definitely go for a younger actor and, and definitely portray like a, tw a late 20 something um, Napoleon like uh, Napoleon died at like 29 or something like that. I, I can't remember all the specific details, but Napoleon was in his 20s, I think, when he died and uh, Josephine is six years older than him. So. If Vanessa Kirby's like 35, then it's a lot believable if she's like seducing a younger guy and she's a lot more mature than him. And a lot of historians say that her maturity plays a huge role 
in Napoleon's life and Ridley Scott left all of that out from in between the battles and whatnot. So it's yeah, a lot of people are pissed about that aspect of it. Well, you know, kind of jumping off with both of you said it, I like about Jackie and Spitzer and those movies are great. I love both of them. You know, I feel like again, like it, again, it just focuses on one aspect. JFK plays a very minor role in Jackie. Uh, the royal family they play a bigger role in Spitzer, but they're still kind of like side characters. And Priscilla, Elvis plays kind of like a minor, more minor role in all that. And actually, you know, comedy like uh, about the whole uh, Stanley Kubrick Napoleon uh, film. I think Spielberg found his notes, and they're actually going to try to get made into like a mini series because I I think they found like uh, Kubrick's notes and scripts for like a lot of his unfinished projects. So now they're getting like passed around to different like Hollywood directors who were like contemporaries of him, and they're going to try to like make like make these movies and all that. But again, you know, going off what you were saying, I just feel like you know like a jo like a Josephine movie that focuses solely on her, and you know Napoleon's like a side character, if you yeah. will. Like that would be good, and like I think the thing is with that is just I feel like you like like with that. There has to be like a certain tone and it can't just be all this weird sexual mommy, 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 you know, so, mama, mama, mama. <laughs> like, I mean, maybe a couple scenes where her maturity and seducing Napoleon is shown, but not in a weird sleazy way, yeah. a realistic way, you know. Cause he's just all in it for them cream pies, man. He just, <laughs> he's just like, give me an air now. And it's like, God damn, bro. Yeah, that's, that's, like, that's like a lot of the movies. Just like, I want an air. I want a baby. I want a child. Right like, now. He's like, you're a piece of shit because you can't have kids. <laughs> I'm like, going to smack so, you because he won't get pregnant. That's so much of the movie. And I'm just like, <laughs> and but then they're also trying to tell the battles. I'm just like, okay, what are we doing here? Like, I'm learning nothing. We're jumping back and forth. The editing of the battles is terrible. The color grading's off. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Well, honestly, like this movie kind of remind me of Blonde, that one Marilyn Monroe Netflix movie. Exactly. No, 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 actually, real quick, real quick. Actually, the ending is very similar because in Blonde, she dies, and like her dad's like, "Come to heaven," and like at the end. There's like Josephine's like Napoleon, time for cream pie and all that. And like honestly, Ridley, I'm gonna say it right now. <laughs> I want this recorded. I want this written down. And I hope that British piece of shit sees this, sees me say this. Rid Ridley Scott ripped off Blonde because he has no creativity left. Yeah, all you his know, creativity. I gone. swear to God, like me and Nick didn't plan this at all. We never talked about this in the chat or anything. When I finished watching Napoleon, the only movie that came to mind was that blonde Netflix movie. Like that's what I that's literally what I thought of. Like it seemed they're like so similar in how the way they kind of just like smear the main character and like make it all like weird, awkward, uncomfortable sexual things. And like and they're both I give them both the same grade. Like they're both like Damn. Like I, I'd give them both the same grade, which I gave Blonde a C minus. So there goes my grade for Napoleon. I give it a C minus, and that's me being <laughs> nice because I, I understand because, but like that's literally what I thought it was Blonde. Was that's what it reminded me of is just how it was. And like the only reason I give it a C minus is because there is a, like the battles. Like to be able to direct, he did have like a lot of extras on those battles, 
and that that's hard to do is to direct the battle scene and like have all those extras like a lot of work went into that and the production oh, design so that's why i give it a c minus and vanessa kirby and that's about it mm-hmm. like it's a c minus i think on letterbox i gave it a two out of five like and, and i mean that's how i and like i i and i went into this movie thinking this is going to be my top five of the year it's going to be up there with killers of the flower moon oppenheimer and like coming out saying that and like i don't want to dog ridley scott and like i love joaquin phoenix but it was just no show me a stanley kubrick version because i mean <laughs> nick was right they actually they do have the pre-production notes because he had 10 to 15 years of worth of notes on just napoleon pre-production stuff like he was in pre-production of it and like he just could never get it made for some reason and he ended up turning the eyes wide shut which is also one of my favorite movies but like the fact that like give it give those notes to like i wouldn't even say spielberg because he makes too sentimental spielberg and kubrick aren't on the same for me it'd have to be like denis Villeneuve or like nolan really would have to to oh nolan nolan would be almost perfect because he would keep it respectful to because he loves kubrick so like he would be very respectful of Kubrick. no one would probably be the top guy i would want to uh, take those notes and make a movie out of it yeah, no. If you if even if you did want to smear uh, Napoleon's like legacy, like Nolan could do that, and he could hype him up. Like exactly, he's like, just I that mean, good of a director. I don't know. Like I think my grade for this movie, like I'm gonna give it a D. I'm only giving it a D because again, production value, and it, it yes. does take a lot to like have like all like those big battles and all that. But at the end of the day. Like, you know, like, it's just, like, one of those things, like, he had all these big battles, all these extras, and he did not, like, live up to the potential of all those extras. They were just running around, doing this and that, you know, you couldn't tell who they were, if they were French, or Russian, or Austrian, or whatever, and I get, at the end of the day, for me, Kirby, and those, and Wellington, and Alexander, the only, like, highlights acting-wise, burning a Moscow, beautiful scene, my only... The only scene I actually like from the movie, and again, I just feel like, like overall, it's just a disappointment. It was a smear campaign. Mm-hmm. And I really like. I will put it at the very bottom of Scott's like films. Like it's at the bottom tier of his movies. Like I just feel like he was trying to like. I honestly, I honestly don't think he cared about this movie at all. Like I think he was like on like because it's weird because he bragged that. For the amount of time it took Scorsese to make Killers of a Flower Moon, he made four movies, and one of those was like The Last Duel, which again, amazing movie. I love that movie. But it's just like he just dropped the ball like so, so hard on this. Like, man. And the thing is, I knew from day one when I saw the poster and I saw the original trailer, I'm like, he's shooting the pyramids. That did not happen, you know? But I just think at the end of the day, it's a D. Like it's it like it's it's a D movie because again the actors did the best they could with the script they were given and that's the main factor for me. But also it's just like there could have been it could have been the like what Jacob said in the very beginning what someone said it could have been the Ben Hur of our generation. It could have been that epic movie that defines our generation. Mm-hmm. And because right now I think the only movie that the like epic movie that defines our generation is Oppenheimer. Yeah, I feel like that because like I know there's been other like uh, movies like The Last Duel, but that was it was a it was not that big of a movie, 
and 300 that was more like a gen x millennial movie honestly when it came out but i just feel like scott i mean bradley scott you know just retire already you know call it a day you know yeah he, he had so much potential and he just fumbled that bag man i honestly um I'm probably going to give it a solid C. I think a bulk of the positive came from Vanessa's role in it. Uh, now that I know more about Napoleon and Josephine, um, it, it won't go anywhere past C for me. And then, um, like Jake and, and Nick was saying, uh, the battles had so much potential, but it kind of just went sideways. Uh, he had so many extras and then you see the swords clashing and whatnot you don't really see a whole lot of stabbing and beheading going on but you hear the sound effects and it's just like bro that is a post-production nightmare the yeah. editing and the camera work the camera work maybe not have ruined it but for sure the editing ruined those scenes like whoever edited this movie is not a good editor i don't know who it was but like I could have edited this movie better and I'm that's my weakest strength. Like mm. editing is just like I know editing is so hard, so like I don't want to down editors because I mean that's right. one of the hardest jobs and like they it's tough as fuck. They don't oh, get yeah. the the editors don't get the credit they deserve. They deserve more credit because like editing a movie is like basically making the movie the third time and like whoever edited this movie, they just dropped the bag. Oh just, yeah, no, they like like they like they threw that bag out like they threw it out completely yeah. like honestly they should have like sent the movie to me to edit yeah. i would have made that amazing i would i would at least color graded correctly exactly but, but uh gentlemen um uh since we're done talking about thanksgiving and the point i think it's my time to head out you know i just want to say i have appreciated this time talking about these movies i have enjoyed uh this year of the of the film podcast you know talking about the movies Absolutely. I am very excited to see what's going to happen next year for all of us and to see what movies come come out. You get you, you guys take care. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy holidays. Yeah, that, that's all I got for Napoleon, unless you got anything else to add. Oh, I forgot to tell Nick about, uh, which he said he's not going to watch it. And I'm probably not too, but like... To let the viewers know that there is a four hour cut coming to Apple TV yeah. on streaming. Uh which I that's that's my last thing I have to say about Napoleon. That's stupid that a studio is gonna release a two and a half hour cut and then and then say reserve the four hour cut for a streaming service you have to pay for. So like Yeah. Apple, what are you doing with that? Like that's messed up. But like also I feel like, and a lot of people are saying all oh, that four-hour director's cut's going to fix this movie. It's going to be better. It's going to be like the Snyder cut of Justice League. It's going to be so much better. Honestly, the problems are already there in Napoleon. And I think, I, I don't want to watch another hour and a half of this. Like, I'm not even going to bother with it. Like, this will be the, the, I saw it once in theaters. I'm not even going to check out the director's cut. Like, I don't yeah. care. We got way too many better options coming out anyway. Who would waste four hours of their day? when you got shit like Ferrari that's about to drop. And, and that's, I, the pacing is god awful because mm -hmm. like it's two and a half hours. I felt like I was in the theater for six or seven hours. It was so, like I almost, I never walk out of a movie. I almost walked out of this movie with about 20 minutes left. 
Yeah. Like I literally, I literally started. Me and my friends, we were talking about leaving because, like, it was just like not going anywhere. The pacing was so slow, and like, it's just so sad that it came to that. It could have been so much better. Yeah, I honestly, I fought, I fought so hard to stay awake, but by the time I, I was done with my popcorn, it was lights out. I think I woke up like right when he got exiled for the first time and then it was like oh shit i didn't miss anything crazy hopefully i didn't but uh he was you know insane hell enough when i woke up <laughs> i'm a, i'm against this movie too because i had to pee mm -hmm. the last 30 minutes of this movie i had to pee so bad i held my pee for this movie because i was like well if because i wanted to give it its full shake i wanted to be like you know what if the last 30 minutes is good i'll give it a better rating so like you made me hurt my bladder, Ridley Scott, and you disappointed me. Like, I could have damaged my bladder for you, and, like, you still disappointed me. How it's dare damn you? Damn shame. How the audacity of this director. I should have just left and went pee. and we, That would have been more entertaining with staring at the wall. You probably wouldn't have missed anything. Honestly, I, I thought about going to pee during the movie, but it, there was some drawn-out shit with the pacing, so... <laughs> And with that being said, I have to grab something. No problem. If you guys want a Ridley Scott movie, uh oh, we got we got we got some good Ridley Scott content on the way. And he just did a movie recently too. So I'm trying to find it before Napoleon, and I Actually, think that movie the, was better. Let me grab the other one while I'm at it. I'm in here with my movie show. Here we go. Okay. If you want to watch Ridley Scott, you want to watch a historical epic, watch Gladiator. Yep. <laughs> watch Gladiator. Top 50 favorite movies of all time. Still book. And then he just released this in 2021. The Last Duel. Yeah. Watch The Last Duel. This didn't do any well in theaters whatsoever but it is a great film and it actually is like a very big feminist movie like it's really big on like uh women's rights and stuff and like how yeah. it was shown in the day so definitely watch those two yeah he, he he probably won some brownie points off of that one he lost them he lost them with napoleon for sure yeah but, but like watch i wanted to do that a little bit because like watch those two movies they're yeah. great You'll you'll for you'll for you'll forgive Ridley if he if he ever comes out with another banger like those. Otherwise, if that's his final film, ignore Napoleon. Watch everything else. Yeah. But okay, yeah, so I, but, guess we're, I guess Hunger. Let's do let's do let's do Hunger Games because I know people are into that. The Ballad of the Songbirds. Is like, I don't. Yeah. yeah I. Uh, I will say, I, I watched. I did a double feature of this and Napoleon with, a, and my two friends that I was with made me watch this movie because I, I wasn't even gonna see this movie in theaters. I loved The Hunger Games when it came out. They came out when I was like in the movies came out when I was like in middle school, high school. So like, they were a huge event. I remember. They kind of like Twilight in that way, and like I watched all of them, loved them, but I haven't seen them since. And this is a prequel, and I went to go see this movie. And I thought this was going to be the letdown and like I was ready for Napoleon. This blows Napoleon out of the water. Like this movie is like, I'll give you my grade straight up. It's a, it's a minus for me. 
Like, it's almost an A. It's an A minus. They rushed the ending. That's my only issue with it, is they rushed the character development of uh, a few characters. But, like, have you seen any of the Hunger Games? I have not. I needed to see the first one. We've been trying to see the first one for a long time. But, yeah, I, I've been whole series behind. Yeah, but, like, for fans of... The, if you're a fan of the Hunger Games series, definitely go watch this. Like, it is... It's it's actually longer than than napoleon it's two hours and 47 minutes 45 minutes something like that yeah. and it goes by it feels like it's three hours shorter like it goes by so fast the pacing is so great the cinema there's some great cinematography rachel ziegler is in is in this movie that's a celeb crush of mine she's beautiful mm -hmm. and uh beautiful voice she's a great singer too i think that's how she got her start i think she started in some i think she was a I don't know. She's some kind of musical or something. She was in uh, the West Side Story, Steven Spielberg remake. Oh, okay. But like, uh, I haven't seen that. But like, she has some original songs in this movie that like I've listened to outside of the movie. Like, she sings a few like original country songs. I mean, it's, it's that are actually really good. And like, it's just for the movie. But like, it, she really good voice work singing with her the production value is great on this movie the coloring beautiful shot photography <laughs> that's it's it, it, it shocked me how much I, like i was going in like oh and like i thought it was gonna be like a twilight type because like i don't want to be so I, i'm gonna sound misogynistic when i say this here uh oh but like I just saw a bunch of girls getting excited for it, like women that I know in my life getting excited for it. And I saw no men really talking about it. So I was like, oh, it's one of those movies. But like, yeah. I was so wrong. I was so yeah. wrong. It is so good. Like, I'm going to own it when it comes out on 4K. Like, it is, it may be the best Hunger Games movie, honestly. It's right there with the first one or Catching Fire. But like, and I haven't seen those movies in years. And like, you don't have to see those movies you don't have to re-watch them i will say watch them first if you're gonna watch it because it does help add context to who snow because it's about the president or the leader of the nation and hunger games when he's before he's the president like his rise he's like a teenager 20s and like it actually made me feel emotions like there's a scene where like i had my mouth open for a full minute like it, it had some shocking scenes and like if it didn't rush the portrayal of a character at the end of uh, Rachel Ziegler's character and S Snow's turn to evil because he turns to evil by the end of the movie because he is evil in the Hunger Games movies. If they didn't rush that, it would be like an A for me. Like, it was a great movie, great soundtrack. It slapped. It was, uh, yeah, and like Rachel Ziegler, super talented, just beautiful. Mm -hmm. She can sing. And like, like I said, you could listen to the songs outside of the movie and they're still good. And like, I was really like, this is the first movie I've seen her in besides, she was in Shazam Fury of the Gods. You know, the, uh, she was one of the villains when she, the, the she God the, ladies, she was the young one of the God. Yeah. Ladies. That's the one that is. Oh shit. Yeah. And she, and like, that was the first movie I'd seen her in was Shazam Fury of the Gods. So like, and like, I liked her in that, but like this movie, like she's super, super talented actress. Uh, you know, she's building like that. a hell of a resume for herself. That I, I like that for her. Yeah, I mean, 
if she's single, you know, hit Jacob up. But like, oh, oh. but like, shoot my shot. But like, yeah, yeah. But for real, like, she is so talented. Like, her singing was amazing in the movie. Her acting, she was the best part of the whole film. The guy that plays Snow, I have no idea what his name is. I'm sorry, I didn't look it up before. He was amazing too. He deserves his creds. He was great. Overall, if you're a Hunger Games fan, or if you're not, watch the Hunger Games movies, then watch this. I think they're all worth it. I mean, the last two are kind of like, definitely this prequel was, it was a great prequel. And it shocked me because I went in with, I went in like, oh, this movie is just going to be boring and like suck. And like, Napoleon's going to be the epic of the night. And it totally, they flip flopped on me. It totally, yeah. Napoleon, <laughs> Napoleon was a disappointment. And this was a shock. Like, this, this, not to, foreshadow my top of the year but this can be in maybe my top 20 top 10 of the year maybe like it's like it's it's great like it's a great movie yeah like i need that, to get started on my list too now that i think about it yeah like that's gonna be the next but, but while we're talking about that's gonna be the next podcast by the way is it'll be in january uh wrapping up this 2023 year. yeah and top it probably top 10 movies of the year probably but like you may see this movie in that podcast but yeah that's all i really have to say on that movie i just wanted to shout out rachel ziegler because she's really talented and this movie is just a great movie hell yeah i definitely i definitely got to check I w how many of uh hunger game movies are there in total five now five oh yeah damn, it's, it's not too bad it's, it's it's not like the mcu level size it's not harry it's not even harry potter size it's not too bad they're all fairly short uh yeah it, it they're pretty quick watches you could get you could get through them through in like a week or two like they're pretty yeah i'd recommend them I'm, i may go ahead and start it this weekend uh yeah you they're said good. a minus uh for this ballad of songbirds and snakes yeah a minus and uh if you guys want to follow me on letterbox it's jacob smith 9817 if you guys want to follow my letterbox, because I, I I'm active on there just rating movies and like I rate movies of older movies on there. I see I need to be more active on Instagram, but like, yeah, uh, four out of five on there, eight minus. It, it's a it's it's a, it's a really great movie. Like it, besides a few writing issues, it's it's great. Yeah, I, I follow follow Jacob on Instagram and Facebook as well under Jacob's Film Perspectives. Uh, so oh yeah it's spelled exactly how you see it and uh yeah I, oh. i'm not i haven't been active since june i'm sorry about that i've only been posting about the podcast but like my last review on there was the flash and like Woo! i kind of want to i i'm gonna run something by with you after this podcast that i'm thinking about doing but there may be some new content coming to my instagram that i'm thinking in my head but like so be on the lookout for that i'm looking to revamp my instagram but yeah but hunger games ballad of the songbirds and snakes go go see it if you're a hunger games fan or if you're not watch the movies and then see it i think it's worth it it's a really great movie worth every penny yes lord so that is the hunger games the ballad of songbird and snakes and then last but not least we have the holdovers alexander payne film alexander payne joint uh this yeah. is his second film i think i've seen he made election if you've seen 
that it's got it was a young Reese Witherspoon in like the 90s uh I don't know yeah. if you've seen any Alexander Payne I mean, uh I maybe, maybe not off the top of the sideways, head sideways downsizing Nebraska uh election are the ones I can think of by him uh yeah I don't think so he, yeah he, he's not really like huge uh I've only, I've only seen election out of those so like I haven't seen many of them either and uh election was good it's a good movie but like I've never loved it but like the holdovers man I didn't think a movie could beat killers of the flower moon man for my number two spot but let me tell you the holdovers number two of the year I'm just gonna spoil that right away I'm not gonna give you my one I'm not gonna give you my three three four five six but i'll give you my number two and it's the holdovers like if one movie had not come out this year that's better than the holdovers which you guys probably already know as much as i've talked about it over the last few podcasts but i'm not going to say it just to keep the the anticipation for the yeah. for the january episode but like if that movie hadn't come out this year holdovers would be number one this movie is perfect this movie is a masterpiece i will watch this every christmas it's actually a christmas movie like thanks holiday type movie hell too. yeah and it's it's warm it's also realistic like it's not cheap overly cheesy it's warm it's realistic it was uh paul giamatti stars in it uh he was the rhino in amazing spider-man 2 he sure was I mean, <laughs> for yeah, all the yeah. nerds yeah i'm just I was just gonna say that for like the people watching the podcast that don't know about like actors. I was trying to think of something yeah. famous he was in. He was in like Big Fat Liar. If you're a '90s kid, I mean Big Fat Liar was a classic. And yeah. uh, a few other movies. He's a Lady in the Water in Night Shyamalan. But uh, yeah, he was the writer in that. in that too. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he is epic in this movie. He deserves an Oscar. I won't say he deserves the Oscar because I think Killian Murphy deserves it, but he deserves a nomination at least. He he deserves a nomination, and there is an actor. It's his first Dominic Sessa Cessna, I think is his name. It was his, it, it says introducing him in the movie, so I'm guessing it's his first role. He absolutely kills it, and there is a the uh, lady in this film, the uh, the black lady in this film. Mm-hmm. I don't know the actress's name, but she deserves. Best supporting actress, and I stand by this. Or best supporting a- actor, whatever it is, she deserves it because, like, it's. I'll just tell you guys the plot. It's mainly about. It's called the holdovers because it's about this boarding school in Massachusetts. In the seventy, yeah, it's like right at the cusp, the early seventies, and it's like the holdovers. These kids that don't have anywhere to go during Christmas, so they stay over at the campus while everybody else is gone with their family and stuff. And Paul Giamatti is the teacher that gets stuck with the duty of taking care of them and making sure nothing goes awry. And then the lady, she's the cook to keep it going. And her son Mm -hmm. just died. So she has nowhere to go for uh, Christmas. So she stays there to cook the food and like take care of the kitchen. And like uh, everybody and everybody ends up leaving there's like four or five of them at the beginning, but then something happens where they get to go home. And, but like his family, he doesn't get to go home. And the the main actor, I forgot his name, but like the, it's his first role. 
and he's it's him and Paul Giamatti and this lady, and it's all about it's basically they become a family over this Christmas break as this boarding school, and like they all come from different backgrounds, different things, different ages, you know, different you know different everything religions races everything but like you you can relate to every single character in this i related to the lady related to paul giamatti's character and dominic's character like you could just find yourself in all these characters in different ways and like it's a coming of age tale it's a drama it's a existential movie about like life and like but it's also a christmas movie and there's a lot of deep themes about like like life and just like how crappy life can be and like how life can't doesn't always go your way and like life doesn't turn out the way you think it does and like right you're stuck 40 years later doing something you never thought you'd be doing just because of something stupid you did as a kid or you know you lost a family member and you're struggling like there's there's so many different aspects and like that's all i want to say about the movie because I think it's best because I went in with just the trailer and it's shot, by the way, like a 70s movie. So it's shot like it was made in the 70s. Yeah. 70s film style techniques. Even the trailer is shot 70s wise. They use 70s font. The music, the soundtrack is beautiful. It's all like folk 70s music. And like they, they even use uh, directing techniques like crash zooms and stuff like that that only like directors in the 70s really use in like 80s. Like you don't really see a lot of the filmmaking techniques that they use in this movie anymore in today's films and it's just like a nice little throwback to like the 70s films and it's just warm and comforting but it's also like depressing and sad at times and like it gave me goosebumps a few times it's, a little, it's sad it's but it's also at the end of it it's not a happy ending either but like at the end of it you feel hopeful even though it's not a happy ending and i would just say like other than that, just going, everybody needs to watch. Like, I think anybody would like this movie. Everybody needs to watch this movie. Yeah, like, especially just in time for the holidays. Yeah, like, it's a perfect, like, sit down with your family, watch holiday movie. It's very, it's only two, it's, I think it's right under two hours. Like, the pacing is super, it goes by super fast. It's not a long movie. And it's, uh, Alexander Payne just, it made me want to go in his discovery, where now he's on, all of his movies are on my watch list to watch that I haven't seen, because, like, he directs the hell out of this movie, like the camera work, the sound design, the way it looks. You feel like you're in the 70s, like production design. My God, like everything about this movie, it's getting looked over by Killers of the Flower Moon and Napoleon and uh, what else? Hunger Games, even Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. other movies because it came out around the same time. But it really deserves a theater like it deserves a full ticket price theater. I mean, like. It is, I mean, it's an A plus for me, five out of five masterpiece. It's honestly probably top 200 favorite films of all time now. It's probably my top five favorite Christmas films. Like it's, Ooh. it is, and I know that's high praise, but it is that good. Like it is, I couldn't believe, like I was shocked when me and my friend that went and saw it left the theater. We were both shocked. We were like that move. They don't make movies like that anymore. Like it's mm -hmm. one of those movies you just say they don't make them like that anymore. Like. You don't see movies about this subject shot this way and with these great themes anymore. And it's sad that we don't, but like, 
go like just go support this movie go watch it any way you can if you can if you stream it stream it but like it is yeah it is fantastic it's it's absolutely fantastic go watch this movie like if you get anything from this podcast this last podcast of 2023 if i have anything like a final word i would say go watch the holdovers like it is just magnificent like it is the more i think about it the more i like it and like i would get into plot and i would talk about it because it is i could do spoilers but so many people haven't seen it i mean i don't want to i don't i want you to go in as blind as possible because that's what i did i saw the trailer and that was it and that's the best way to go in is just go in and i will tell you you're gonna like this movie it's if you don't love it, you may not love it like me because you may not be like, because I'm into like, you know, I'm a film major. So I'm into that filmmaking stuff. But like, even if you're not into filmmaking, it's not, there's no complex like uh, things you got to think about. You know, it's very real life stuff that everybody who lives and breathes can understand. Yeah. Like if you, if you have a life, you can understand this movie perfect. Like it's, it's so much about like the downfalls of life and how life can like just turn on you and like how you overcome like tragedies and like adversities and it's just it's it is it's something you, that we needed it's something we needed especially in this time and period with everything going on in the world just it's just a movie we need to just remind you that life does go on you can still do things no matter you know what happens you can get through adversities just i'm not trying to be all philosophical here but just go <laughs> go watch the holdovers dude man I, that's what that's what i'm going to theaters for that's what i try to go to theaters for man it's just like directors being able to pay attention to detail and be con very consistent um it's a great continuity and great story uh the plot doesn't have to be anything too like mind blowing or mind boggling. I, if I can connect to at least one character, then I, I always say the story could be it, it has the potential to be successful. So if if holdovers can do that with, for me with just one character, then it's a wrap. And sh I think you'll connect with every character. There's all mm -hmm. I think all three main characters are going through something that I think everybody's gone through at some point in their life. At least if you're, you know, at, at least if you're, you know, our age, you know, a little bit older. But like, yeah, like, it's just like, yeah, I can't say anything more great about it. Like, I've said everything I can say without spoiling it. and Because it's nice to go in with little, little, it's one of those movies, the less you know about it, the better going into it. Definitely go watch The Holdovers. It is magnificent. Second favorite movie of the year. Yeah. Yeah, it probably it would have been a longer review if me and Nick had seen it. But man, I'm probably going to make my way to the theater to catch it before it leaves, hopefully soon. Yeah, uh, I really wish that Napoleon didn't take your money. I know. <laughs> because like, it's like, it's sad because Napoleon is like overshadowing holdovers. And it's just like. For no reason. Dude. It's like, Jesus Christ. Like you, you'll get a lot more for your money's worth with the holdovers than Napoleon. I, I'll tell you that much. But like, yeah, holdovers, second favorite movie of the year. Go watch it. A plus.
great masterpiece yeah it's been out since like october and i think it's still at marcus now uh but yeah, godzilla it, just came out and yeah it had a, it had an early release in october i want to say the 28th like right before halloween it was like an early release which is a weird early release because it is set around christmas time so they should have released it probably like now or they should have released it either now or like but i think it went wide like early november yeah which is, which is a good time because i mean it, it it could fit in with that thanksgiving holiday in between christmas it just this whole this time of year it fits in with for sure yeah I, but I, i'll definitely check that out before before christmas sneaks up on me or at least it sneaks its way out of theater so thank you for the recommendation and that's that's all i had for the holdover so <laughs> yeah i mean that i mean that's all i can say because i don't want to spoil anything else yeah uh, and that was the final movie for tonight uh you had it any other announcements that you needed to make or uh no not really i saw here in the chat that uh nick said we should also have a graphic where it keeps track of the films and the grades we give them that would be cool if we could do that we should yeah. try that guys. uh but other than that uh any comments sounds like me during the eternal doesn't love him dang called you out there yeah he he's a huge <laughs> eternals hater but it's all good uh, hey, I, get, I, get, I mean, I like Eternals, but I get it. Yeah, and I, yeah. I see why people don't like it, but it, it, it's 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 not worth all the it's terrible trash garbage ah and all and all that shit. It's yeah. it, it's a point A from point B movie. You see it once, that's all you need. Yeah, are they ever gonna explain the the frozen celestial or whatever it is that's yeah. still on Earth in the MCU? yeah a lot of people crack jokes and make memes about it now uh a lot of people that are like tapped in on all the marvel rumors about what the directors are doing behind the scenes uh we've all got confirmation that captain america for us when we finally get the next bit of information on uh that frozen uh celestial and earth yeah i mean god it'd be about three years four years since that's been there but okay yeah like Jesus Christ, man! He, but all fight, I think he will figure it out. All I have left to say is the only movie left of this year that I care about is Ferrari. I know Wonka's coming out. It, it is what it is. I mean, I might. I've heard it's a fun, whimsical time. You guys know about my Oompa Loompa fetish. I, hey. might, I might go watch Wonka just for the Oompa Loompa. But like, yeah. I mean, I might go see it. But like. Really, I'm probably just going to wait and see Ferrari, and that's about it for the rest of the year for me. Michael Mann, I love it. I think that'll be probably my top 10 of the year, hopefully, unless it's like a Napoleon situation again. I hope not, but like, yeah. And like, other than that, I'll be back January with a recap of 2023, maybe cover some movies that I didn't get to cover on this podcast, and uh, do something fun for the end of the year. But like, yeah, this is the last... Jacob's Film Perspectives of this 2023. It's been fun. Eight episodes. I mean, it's been a great time. I'm just happy that I, you guys have been watching. I'm happy that uh, 
I got this platform thanks to the SNN network, Deontay, Will, everybody, Cameron, everybody over there. I mean, I just appreciate you all. And like, I thank you guys for like allowing me to come and be a part of this network and have my own podcast. Like that's, that's just really cool, man. And I, I like this podcast has really been like one of the highlights of my year is getting this podcast and being able to talk about movies with y'all and having Nick on and having Lawson on and Mac and, uh, I think that's about it really. Um, and, uh, having my, those guests on and just having you as my co-host and always helps because I struggle to death when you're not here. You're the king of hosting and I uh, feel it. You're the king of hosting. I swear it's a, ter- it's a hard, <laughs> you guys think it's easy hosting a podcast. It is a hard job. It's hard as hell. I don't know how Deontay keeps track of hosting all these podcasts that the SNN network does. Cause it is, it's, it's hard. It's stressful as shit. <laughs> I, I, I give you all kudos for that, man. But yeah, just other than that, I hope you all just have like a Merry Christmas. Great Christmas. You know, if, if you celebrate or whatever, just great rest of the year. Great holidays. Just have a good time. 2023 is almost over. We got some good movies coming up in 2024 and we'll be covering them. So, yeah absolutely uh the only announcements i got is like right after this well n- not like right right after this but like at 10 30 p.m central uh snn late nights will be going live for episode five uh emperor will is hosting that with his co-hosts uh jeremiah and adrian uh they'll be talking about like murder mysteries and crime uh unsolved crimes and all that so that that should be pretty fun they'll they'll be up late all night all night long i would say maybe like two or three hours of just talking shit about like haunted houses and whatnot but it should be a good time um i won't be able to make it to that because of work but uh i, I will be uploading everybody's stuff to spotify uh sometime later later this weekend so you guys will be able to hear this in audio format yeah I mean, peace out, guys. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, everybody, and thanks for tuning in.